0: The scripture reading for this morning is from the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, starting at verse 12. It's on page 1841 of the Bibles in the Pews. Let's give thanks to God for his word in prayer. O Lord our God and our King, with all our hearts we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the way that it teaches us, for the way that it instructs us, for the way that it leads us in holy living, for the way that it reveals the mysteries of who you are and the mystery of your will. Lord, we thank you for the work of agencies like Wycliffe Bible Translators who work night and day to bring your word to people who have not heard it in their own heart language. Lord, we long for the day when all people will be able to read your word in their own tongue. Lord, we thank you also for the gift of your spirit and we pray that you would send it now to open our minds and open our hearts to fill us with love for you, and to transform us evermore into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. 1
1: Thessalonians 5, beginning at verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, to warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And then our text, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. And may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today we gathered as a congregation specifically to give thanks to God for all His blessings in our lives. And our thanksgiving is done not only through the hymns and the songs that we sing, but also through prayer. In fact, the Heidelberg Catechism teaches us that prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness that God requires of us. So think of it this way. If someone rescues you from drowning or from getting hit by a car or from serious injury or anything for that matter, what is the very first thing that you do? If you're able, and not disabled in some ways, I suspect you're going to say with so many words, thank you, perhaps even more than once. And then you'll probably follow the word, the spoken thank you, with the question, so how can I now make it up to you? What can I do to thank you now that I'm indebted to you for saving me? And now think of that in terms of what Jesus has done. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10, we read, he rescued us from the coming wrath. So what do we say to someone who rescued us from the coming wrath? We probably say, thank you, Lord. That's prayer. Secondly, we say, what can we do to thank you, Lord? How can we show that we are thankful that you have rescued us from the coming wrath? And then the answer is, okay... Be obedient to my word, as summarized in the Ten Commandments. So here you have the whole third part of the Heidelberg Catechism in a nutshell. The Heidelberg Catechism following the book of Romans tells us that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but then Jesus makes us alive again and forgives us our our sins, to which we respond not only with one day of thanksgiving, but with lives of thankfulness and praise. And that's something we're going to dig into a whole lot more in the coming weeks as we're looking at various aspects of stewardship. So one of the characteristics of the church is to pray, to say thank you. But another characteristic of the church is then to live it out. Today, however, we are specifically involved in saying thanks to the Lord. But for many people, the fact that this is Thanksgiving Day is rather disconcerting because they are perhaps not so sure there's all that much to give thanks for. And maybe you find yourself among those who have a hard time with thanksgiving in your life, and more particularly on this day, especially maybe this year. Sure, you're able to voice a quick prayer of thanks for the beautiful weather that we've enjoyed from time to time, or when you begin a meal, you may take a moment as per routine to include a prayer of thanks for the fact that there's food on the table. Thank you, Lord, for this food for Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. But really, when it comes down to it, being thankful is pretty hard for you. And that may be so because of some illness in the family or because of constant financial pressures or a seeming inability to get rid of them. Perhaps you're not able to give thanks on this day because marriage has been shattered and the family's living with the horrible repercussions of that fact. Or your life isn't happy because you are living in a way that's not good or wholesome, but it's your secret and the burden of keeping that secret is getting heavier and heavier to bear. There's not much to give thanks for. Perhaps there's not real, much, uh, not real thanksgiving on your part, possible on your part, because you're afflicted by some sort of addiction or some illness which you can't seem to beat. Maybe the abuse that you're experiencing is so, is, uh, makes it so hard to say thanks. Maybe you're unable to have children or unable to overcome your loneliness. You can't find any friends. You can't find a partner for life. And then there are those who find it so hard to give thanks because their work is getting them down for various reasons. I don't know. Perhaps you're unable to give thanks on this day because some stuff has happened in church or some church leader has let you down and makes it very difficult for you then to be part of a. Of a church. There may be all sorts of reasons and things happening in life that make it truly difficult to give thanks on a Thanksgiving day. And then we come to church, and in the midst of our struggles with Thanksgiving, we're reminded that prayer, which may be hard for us to do at times, is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. In other words, we need to be involved in prayer, and then on top of that, we're reminded in the words of the text from 1 Thessalonians five eighteen: give thanks in all circumstances. That kind of a statement may cause some of us to roll our eyes, to smirk, and to cynically think, is the Bible for real? Be thankful in all circumstances? That sounds like one of those typical Christian cliches. Just keep smiling, keep your chin up, you'll be just fine. And in one's more cynical moments, when a person quotes a text such as this one, it may strike us as a remark that tends to ignore the realities of life, to gloss over the problems, to simply say, as the words of a popular song a few years ago said, don't worry, be happy. And our response to that may be easy for you to say. But if you were in my shoes and if you knew what was happening in my life, if you knew what was happening in my marriage or in my relationship with my kids, if you knew how messed up my family is, if you knew about the struggles in my business or even in my body, you perhaps would not say give thanks in all circumstances so easily and so glibly. And yet the Bible doesn't give up. It doesn't let up. It persists with that unqualified message, give thanks in all circumstances. And then look what it adds in the verse for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's nothing in this text or anywhere else in Scripture for that matter that qualifies the thanksgiving by suggesting that give thanks only when things are going good in life, give thanks only when you know you got it all together. There's nothing anywhere to suggest that thanksgiving is only appropriate when we are well-off or strong and healthy. No, give thanks in all circumstances. So even when you're sick or struggling economically or struggling with having children or when you're lonely or persecuted or when you're grieving the loss of a loved one, when you experience dysfunction in your family or brokenness in relationships at home or at church, in the midst of all that, we're still called upon to give thanks. And if you think that this was written by someone who had his head in the clouds or who was really living out health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, I got news for you. This was written by the Apostle Paul, and Paul wrote this about himself in 2 Corinthians 11. 24 and following. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Almost died. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches." And then on top of that, he writes to the church in Thessalonica, and subsequently to all of us, give thanks in all circumstances. Now how could Paul say such a thing with integrity? And what is there to give thanks for even when things are not going well, when he's got the lashes, and when he's being shipwrecked, and when he's being persecuted? And what if I don't feel like giving thanks? Well, to begin with, the apostle can say such thing as give thanks in all circumstances because he has understood a central truth of the gospel. And one of the central truths of the gospel that the Bible teaches is that this world is not in Satan's hands, but it's in God's hands. God is the Lord of all, not Satan. We're going to hear more about that next Sunday morning. One writer put it this way, he said, as the worldly man goes on his way, he meets some things which make him happy, and some about which he complains bitterly. He conceives of life as a matter um, matter more or less of chance. Accordingly, he welcomes those workings of chance, chance, which favor his purposes, and objects to those which do not. But when a man comes to see that God in Christ has saved him, everything is altered. He now realizes that God's purpose is being worked out. This leads to the thought that the same loving purpose is being worked out even in those events which he is inclined not to welcome at all. You see, from a biblical perspective, history is heading somewhere. And it's going in the direction that the Lord is leading. Satan is not the victor. God is. Jesus won that great victory over sin and death and hell. That great victory took place once he rose again from the dead. Life is not a matter of chance or fate. From a Christian perspective, it's in the hands of our Father in heaven, namely the Lord of heaven and earth. And yes, there are things in life that are unpleasant and that do not exactly give us a thrill, and yet, as the same writer put it, who in the midst of tribulation would not give thanks when he knows that the Father who loves him so greatly has permitted that tribulation only in order that his wise and merciful purpose might be worked out. The Christian faith looks at history and life and the world with a unique perspective. And when the Christian looks at history and at life, Jesus Christ plays a central role in all of it. And our obedient response him plays a central role. And the biblical message is that thanksgiving is a characteristic of the Christian life in all circumstances. And note that the text says in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. It's not like the Lord is calling on us to give thanks for the cancer that we're smitten with or to give thanks for the sin that we have committed that has led to some terrible repercussions in life. It's not like the Lord is calling on us to give thanks for the terrible storm that just wiped out our house or or anything of that sort. And even though we may discover after the fact that our illness brings us closer to the Lord or to our family, Or that a terrible storm may be a blessing in disguise because we end up with a new house or because a community is drawn together like never before or whatever. Yet God is not a masochist celebrating destruction and death. And while the Lord may use sickness or destruction to work out his purposes in history, his purposes in history is beyond doubt those also are worked for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, as Romans 8 puts it. Yet in this passage, Paul is not suggesting that we give thanks for circumstances in which we find ourselves, but he does say we ought to give thanks in everything or under every circumstance, in the midst of it. And what you may ask in your misery ought I to be given thanks for in the midst of those circumstances. This sp- sp- I got it written here, the stupendous gift of salvation," says one writer. That ought to be enough. The stupendous gift of salvation. God in Christ, Jesus, has rescued us from eternal death, from the oncoming wrath, by giving us eternal life. What more needs to be done to evoke a response of thanksgiving despite one's circumstances in life? That fact alone ought to keep us singing and praising the Lord 27 hour, 24 hours per day, 27 too. Actually, this giving thanks in all circumstances is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, says the text. A, thanks, a characteristic of Christians is thanksgiving or thanks living because of God's great gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Not being thankful, not being involved in prayer or in obedience to the commands of the Lord perhaps shows in some way that you've not really understood what it is that Jesus Christ has done. Jesus said about his children that we would know them by their fruit. And the fruit being talked about is is the basic fruit of thankfulness and a lifelong response to the Lord for his incredible, stupendous gift of salvation. In fact, I think it was Reverend Andrew Kivenhoven who suggested that even when all our prayers and petitions have been answered, when there is nothing more we could possibly need to ask for anymore, Thanksgiving will continue because of God's great gift of his son, Jesus. That's what Thessalonians is talking about. And then, of course, besides salvation, there's also what we talked about earlier from Psalm 65. Also, as Psalm 65 celebrates the fact that God is the creator and he's the one who continues to look after the creation. The fact that we can eat that we are alive to enjoy this beautiful world is a gift from his hand. He's the one who waters the earth and allows crops to grow and so forth. So when you put all that stuff together, the creator and the redeemer, the Lord, the king of all, truly our God is an awesome God. Give thanks in all circumstances. Really? Give thanks in times of economic difficulty, family problems, health problems, problems in the church, relationship problems, persecution, even when we're running for our lives. Really? Really, says the Bible. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is how you know and how you show that you've understood the gospel. Despite the difficulties you face in life, yet God is Lord, and all things are heading for the day of Christ's return. All things are in his hands. He is the creator, and above all, give thanks because of the great gift of salvation freely given in Christ Jesus our Lord. Indeed, give thanks in all circumstances. Amen. Let's respond by singing, A hymn of response. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with thankful voice.